Welcome back to Martins and More. My name's Maury Rutch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And... I am Michael Dickinson. Michael Dickinson's in the house. So, Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing here? Well, what am I doing here is, okay, so Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel. Uh, Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel. Um, he, I saw him yesterday, and he promised me he would pay me 25 cents every time I said his name <laughs> during the podcast. <laughs> so the answer um, to every question is, of course, Robert Getzel. That's genius. Yes, it is. That's genius. That's genius. Robert, of course, being the uh, artist who has done amazing work with Martin Guitar and for Martin Guitar and on Martin Guitars. Uh, if anybody's been to the factory visitor center, you've seen the mural that he did in the lobby and likely uh, many of his uh, special edition, uh, the guitars that he's had hands in anyway, the special editions. But, um, hi, Robert. Wow. <laughs> I am so impressed. Robert Getzel just hijacked this episode. Maybe we should send Mike home and get back on with Robert. <laughs> Robert, you had your time in the sun. You've already been on this show. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, anywho, Michael, we're sincerely happy to have you here. I want to start by reintroducing you. Uh, we're going to resist retelling the long history about Mike's background. That's found in our original podcast episode with Mike Dickinson uh, quite a few months back. But, Mike, would you take maybe a minute or so just to warm people up to exactly who you are, and then we'll get right into the meat and bones of this episode. Okay, so uh, I've been at Martin Guitar for next month will be 33 years. Uh, worked my way up from the sawmill through various departments, and right now my main function at Martin Guitar is buying wood for uh, that we turn into the guitars. I also have a hobby at Martin Guitar, which is I also buy a lot of the pearl we put in at some of the high-end guitars. So, you know, Ooh. if it requires federal documentation to get in or out of the country, chances are I'm involved in it. Oh, wow. Spoon, yes. did you know that? I did not know that specifically, but I did know that an awful lot of uh, materials that go into musical instruments like guitars do require that these days because of environmental protection reasons. And we know that Chairman Chris Martin has been uh, very adamant about his uh, commitment to that for many, many years, so I'm not surprised. Well, I'm, I'm sort of glad you just mentioned that because... Um, well, this hits on, on two areas. Um, one is Robert Getzel. Robert Getzel, Robert <laughs> Getzel. <laughs> Man, I see where this is going. So, um, Robert, as you know, has, has done many artwork for Martin Guitar. Um, and, and his latest one is on a guitar that's called the OM Biosphere. Um, sure. And I, I'm not spilling beans or telling secrets, but yesterday um, we sent out a press relief that said, you know, Martin Guitar is proud to announce that they have officially achieved 
uh, preferred by nature sustainability framework Ooh. certification Ooh. for the Martin Owens Biosphere, making ah. the company the first to achieve this certification in the U.S. and only second worldwide. Wow. And then it goes on and talks about the Owen Biosphere. It's a plastic-free guitar. It's FSC certified. Um, so... I may have touched on this a little bit. So Preferred by Nature is our FSC certification body. So FSC makes up the rules and Preferred by Nature makes sure we're following the rules. And for years, if you looked inside certified guitars, you would see a picture of a frog. And Chris really liked that frog. It was his like, you know, it, it was a way for him to say, look, we are the only FSC certified musical instrument we got a frog in some of our guitars. We're better than you. And, 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 and. Yeah, so not exactly in those words, but you know, he was very proud of the frog. So, so when Rainforest Alliance a few years ago decided they were going to get out of certification of companies that deal with wood. So they're still involved with newspaper. They're still involved with uh, coffee and some other items but they got out of wood products and this company called preferred by nature took over that and yeah we told them we like the frog what can you do for us and they use a hummingbird as their logo so it took some talking to hours upon hours of uh, research and paperwork and uh, besides a shout out to Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel. I also worked with a lady named Cindy McAllister and John McElroy and Fred Everett and a, and a whole team. Thomas was on the team. Matt Kennedy was on the team. We all got together and still get together, you know, and, and you know, put our noses to the grindstone and just did everything possible to get this certification and, you know, we did a little jig when it was all done, and we can't wait to get the stickers made and start putting them inside the Owen Biosphere. Uh, congratulations. Which, of course, you can buy from Maury's Music, and he will give you a free hummingbird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Robert Getzel is going to think about that, but thank you, Michael. <laughs> hey, maybe we can get Robert Getzel to give them a free drawing. It's, oh, well, I don't know if speaking for Robert Getzel is a good idea, but, but I like the idea. In fact, we did. I used the Elmer uh, Biosphere on the 20 questions game that we play that had uh, Maury Sweatin when he was trying to sit there trying to go through all of the guitars that he could possibly be and ask questions about what Martin guitar currently in production I was thinking of. And, and I think that may have been one of the ones I stumped him on because... He ran out of questions, but if you guys have never seen anybody out there has never seen this guitar, it's got a beautiful painting, undersea scene of a coral reef with a, a sea turtle and a lot of other, a lot of other uh, sea life on the on the uh, top. Uh, that's a digitally uh, achieved copy of a painting that Robert Getzel did. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of sea life, last time we saw you was at Martin Fest 2023. First of all, it was great to see you, and secondly. Can you think of any great stories we should hear? Because I know you can't be everywhere at once. And after I got back from Martin Fest, I started seeing lots of pictures and videos online. And I, I only got to spend a, a very limited amount of time with you. Uh, maybe I'll ask you, what was your brightest memory of, of this year's festivities? 
so this had to be one of my favorite Martins on Main. And the reason was um, usually the booth goes, you know, it's either way too crowded um, and you're constantly trying to convince people to to play guitars correctly and not beat guitars up. Um, this oh. year, everybody was calm and... and the the people on stage must have been very inspirational. So you don't I don't always get to hear a lot of the performers, um, but this year was really nice. It was somebody would be on stage performing, the booth would be practically empty, and you'd sit there and listen, and then that person would end, and everybody would get up from their seats and run over and look for the guitar the guy was playing or something close and sit there and try and start playing. And then as the next performer would start getting into his set, everybody would just leave the tent. <laughs> and then, wow. so yeah, all day was like that. Um, the, the main disappointment was, you know, I, I don't know how to convince people to get their free food and buy a guitar from Maury's Music. Um <laughs> which is our running thing. This year it was ice cream. You know. um, and on top of that, you know, seeing Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel. <laughs> Robert Getzel. I must have missed seeing, I must have missed seeing Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel. I didn't realize he was around. Yes. <laughs> well, I really do appreciate your time there, Michael. It's always fun to do our little bit. And I, I guess it's probably the, uh, logistically, how do you really ship an ice cream cone we should think of something a little bit easier next time, but well, they're supposed to eat it there. Uh, if, if we could, you know, if I could tell you a little secret, it was just I just wanted to be at the ice cream line, and that was uh, that was the heart of everything. But yeah, spoon. I don't know if you got to taste that, but it was pretty good. Yeah, I did not. I, I saw Michael enjoying his, uh, and uh, and you know, for those who've never been to Martin's Martin Fest on Saturday, they have the what they call Martin on Main. That's a street fair, and in the town square, which is ironically a circle. Uh, people gather under a big trade tree and watch people who are performing on a stage that are all from the Martin, unofficial Martin guitar form. And then uh, on the other side of the, of the circle, uh, Martin sets up a booth, a couple of booths actually, uh, some with branded clothing and that kind of stuff and some with a bunch of guitars that are out there to, to, for people to play and ask questions about. And, and, uh, and Michael was the main host of that event this time up at the booth. And Michael, I know you and I got to speak briefly yesterday at the factory, but I forgot to ask you this there. So can I ask you a sensitive question on the airwaves? Sure. I told Lori that when I saw you at the, at the Martin booth during Martin on Main, that I helped you guys change a string on one of the guitars. And she asked me, does that mean I'm invited to the employee Christmas party? <laughs> um, I can get you. Uh, what, so... <laughs> you can say no. It, it, there, uh, so here, uh, here. Um, we haven't had one in a few years because of COVID, and I don't know if we're going to go back to that. Ah. Uh, you know, of course, because everybody was was home, and we all had to stay six feet apart. If they plan something, I will do my best to get you in the door, because with five. 100-ish people spread out over two shifts. It's usually not a Christmas party. It is usually uh. um, a luncheon. And out of the 500 employees, there's probably about 
a hundred of them that can play guitar on some level. So a lot of the Christmas celebration that we do is they um, they set up a little stage and Martin employees just it's like an open mic and you, when you have ten minutes and two songs to do you just get up there and you entertain your fellow coworkers and people stroll in and out and there's still you know people working but yeah I, I can I'm sure. I'll let you know what day it is. That's really cool. <laughs> I never knew. I've never known about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> so, Michael, I have a question. So, I remember in the early 2000, just after the year 2000, right around there, there was some controversy about that Martin was you know, buying natural ebony, but they were actually dyeing it to make it more uniformly black. And a lot of people have commented that the, the fingerboards on uh, Martin guitars now are also looking quite uniformly black. Um, so is it, the rumor's true that Martin is now dying fingerboards? Not that it matters to me, but I am curious because it is a topic in the zeitgeist these days. Yeah, so certain fingerboards get dyed, certain fingerboards don't. It's always been that way. Um, you know, back in the day when everything D18 and lower got a rosewood board, almost everything was dyed when we've started moving the ebony down the line as far as what instruments get ebony fingerboard, we stop dying like you buy an SC-13. That is not dyed. But you buy a D-45, chances are somebody's dying that. And they're getting so it really is about cosmetic uniform uniformity. So I guess the I, the only reason it's contra controversial to me possibly is back then there was an issue with the dyes leaking into this into the finish, if you remember that. And was that more? You know, people get like some ghost color around in the finish. Was that? Do you remember that? And was that to do with the uh, nitrocellulose finish, or was that to do with the dye? Do you remember that at all? I've never, I don't know that, I, I know we were using Macassar Ebony. That's exactly what it was, because my, D, my yes. 2000 D20 was Macassar Ebony. That's exactly right. what it was. And we didn't dye the Macassar because it was striped naturally and dyed just, you know, it dulls the stripes, but it doesn't take everything away. Um, but that, that had nothing to do with the staining of the fingerboards and bridges, because the black ebony still got stained depending on the model the macassar ebony yeah there was some sort of and, and we still don't know a hundred percent why but there was some sort of weird reaction between the finish and the wood and so it wasn't a matter of dyed fretboards it was actually a matter of the fact it was not african indian ebony it was macassar ebony from wherever that's from southeast asia indonesia yeah. Yes, Southeast Asia. And yeah, yeah, it was Macassar Ebony was it and you would get this like yellow halo around the edge of the fingerboard and around the uh, bridge area. Well, and, I'm glad yeah, I yeah. asked. I never knew that. And I always wondered what, yeah. the, what was the true story was about that. Oh, okay. So it's unrelated to the fact you guys do dye your ebony just to get the uniform uh, blackness. There again, throughout the history of Martin Guitar... The dyeing of fingerboards has come and gone on certain models 
and stays on certain miles and goes away. And like I said, right now, I believe I, I don't have a spec sheet or a work order in front of me to be able to look it all up. But I think like pearl fingerboards will still get a little stain put on them, but like 28s and 18s and down the road do not. So, Michael, back in 2022, I know Martin put a bulletin out, and it seemed like there was a good stretch where the further we went along in 2022, the more opportunity there was to see a very blotchy or, or striped, or I'm not sure what the word would be, but you really couldn't guarantee to find... Streaked. Yeah, streaked, streaked ebony fretboards and bridges were becoming more and more the norm, and now we're seeing a wave of, I wouldn't say that stopped, but we're seeing a, a lot of really nice, clean-looking boards, and I wondered if you guys backtracked and began fixing those kind or are we just is it a luck of the draw thing where certain dealers are getting it's, nicer pieces of no points? no well, it's not certain dealers it's certain lumbers shipments of wood so we did put out the bulletin about the streaky fingerboards and um said we did that on some road series and we moved it i think some of it may have made its way onto an 18 but we would still keep the darkest stuff for some of the higher end models and customs and then the next shipment of wood comes in and you know so so when i'm buying wood the wood i'm buying some of it can sit for like the regular woods mahogany's rosewood ebony it comes in the back door it may not make it onto a guitar for three years um oh, and right. having been in congo is what they cut a tree down and it falls and you buy the tree and if it's for years, we used to just save up all this streaky ebony and just, you know, if we found a really cool looking piece, we'd offer it to the custom shop. Um, and then we decided, well, we, we need to use this. And then so we braid it out and we go, okay, these on this model, these on this model, this in, in between that could be. And then the next shipment comes in and the next tree comes down and the next shipment comes in and it just happens to be a lot darker. So now you look at you have your model specifications for streaky and the amount of streaky you're allowed to have in every board. And you go, uh-oh, we now have to push this down the line a little bit because all we have available use right now is, is mostly black. So then we run with mostly black for a while. And then the next tree is cut down. It's sent over to, it gets processed. It gets to us and it could be of a little more streakiness in it. And we go, oh no. And then we have to move it back up the line. Well, so, as, 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 for, as former clinician Howie Emerson used to say, "Don't panic; it's organic." Yes, and that's yeah, and that's the way I feel about it. I, I you know I don't see streaky ebony as as a bad thing. I as a lover of wood, I think there's often having natural figure in ebony fingerboards and. And bridges it can be very attractive and you know and unique. It helps make the guitar unique. Unique. I understand some people want their guitar, you know, their D28 to look just like Peter Yarrow's D28. Well, I mean, yeah. not not that many people remember who he is anymore. But um, no, I don't. But I, you know, I, I do actually like that. I like that about my D28 that it was owned by a friend of mine now that it had unique uh, Macassar ebony streaks in it. But well, thanks. I'm glad I asked. And, yeah. and there's a couple of older guitars in the museum that, like, the fingerboards are streaked. You know, oh. And I'm pretty sure in, like, the 1870s and 19, early 1900s, nobody really cared. But, hey. 
Yeah, exactly. You hear a lot of that about about straight grain stuff too. Perfectly quarter sawn straight grain. There's plenty of guitars in the museum and plenty of uh, guitars from the 20s and 30s that have some pretty w interesting, wild-looking grain. That um, maybe it was just Chris's granddad was the the, the, the sort of straight-laced conservative guy that would just wouldn't use that kind of wood. But they you see a lot of uh, pre-war Martins that have all kinds of interesting uh, grain on them. Yeah, and they're it's it's time and technology. So you know, back in the earliest days when Brazilian rosewood was being coming into New York, and somebody cut the log, he bought whatever was available. I mean, there you can see some guitars from I think it's the eighteen sixties into the eighteen seventies. Wherever so often, those it's Brazilian rosewood veneer oh, wow. onto a piece of spruce. So the backs yeah. aren't solid, and the reason for wow. that was he couldn't get the solid wood, so he used what he could to build guitars. Price didn't go up, price didn't go down, price stayed the same. Um, and then, like I said, streaky fingerboards, uh, different purflings. I mean, you know, there are some of the really old guitars. You'll see a, a Style 18. You'll have three, four, or five Style 18s, and each one of them has a different type of purfling on it mm. based on what was available at the time for him to purchase. And then, really? you know, the Industrial Revolution happens. Big machines come. Somebody can cut a log now instead of two guys with a, a saw. Somebody can now just, you know, start pushing buttons and push a log through a giant sawmill, and they can order quarter-sawn wood, and you start just seeing a lot more everything becoming perfectly quarter-sawn. And then nowadays as we're going into this where we're going, okay, trees are not going to be around forever if we don't stop, look at the material we're using, and try to use alternative materials. And some of those alternatives are the flat-sawn stuff. And would so, you mind, Michael, can you briefly describe the difference between those two? Between a flat-sawn and quarter-sawn. So if you look at the end of the log and you cut it in four, you would see the rings... You can then start slicing against the rings so that it looks like when you're looking at the edge of the board, the board, everything goes up and down straight. So you take the round and you just make sure that when you cut it, all the lines at the edge of the board are going up and down straight. So, but you have to cut the log into four wedges to do that. Um, for flat sawn, what you do is you basically just start at the top of the log and slowly cut from one end to the other end and what you'll see on the edge of the, of the boards is the grain is running the the width of the board so instead of running the thickness of the board it runs the width of the board and then you get the big cathedral pattern which you know i think is pretty cool looking i always <laughs> call it a vortex <laughs> yes looks like the swirling yes. vortex thing yeah but. right and then, you know, there are certain trees, like um, when we were doing Madagascar rosewood, like 90% of that was flat sawn because the trees don't grow that big. Honduras rosewood, the same way. The trees don't grow that big. So if you want to use a, make a guitar out of it, you have no choice but to use flat sawn. Well, keeping it all about wood, because that's why you're here, Spoon had a great question about ebony, so I don't want to be outdone. Can I ask you, has Lutz shown up on many guitars since we last spoke? Because another bulletin that came through back in 2022 was the warning 
that now going forward, your guitarist top could be either Sitka Spruce or Lutz Spruce. I, I know you can't talk about serial numbers, but is there any official way you can make a comment about where you've seen that going? For the most part, uh, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know if it's hit standard production yet, but for the most part, we were keeping that uh, material uh, there. And we, we do everything the same way. The higher price, more traditional instruments, your 45, your 28, we, we try to make as few changes as humanly possible on those, unless we're doing a complete redesign where what we're doing is just making it look like guitars. 45s and 28s from, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Um, so in instruments like the 17s on down, you know, there are no written rules. There's no long-term history. Um, so we can play with those. And to the best of my knowledge right now, most of the Lutz Spruce has happened on the 17s down through the road and the X-Series with the solid tops. Oh. I do not believe it has yet been pulled into the standard series. Um, I know we did buy some exclusively for the custom shop, so there might be a custom shop guitar or two out there where a customer said, I want this Lutz Spruce. You heard it here first, kids. So that's interesting. You're actually using the actual German pronunciation. I usually hear Lutz by, you know, most Americans say Lutz, Lutz. And I have never, as far as I know, I've never seen it. And I probably wouldn't know the difference between a Sitka uh, tree and a Lutz. No. Yeah, in, in the wild. So let me, do, but let me ask you this. If, when you look at it, because you're around this stuff all the time, would you say it's more, it would be easier to mistake it for Engelman or Sitka? Is it like closer to one or the other? Sitka. Without a doubt, Sitka, yeah, you wouldn't know the difference. There again, as I said in our last podcast, 100 years ago, it was just spruce. Yeah, Yeah. so it's probably been showing up on inst instruments all over the place without anybody noticing it wasn't, right. you know, that's a subspecies, you know, it's a yes. hybrid, so it's not, you know, it's, yeah, all right. Right, and, cool. and, the and, you know, there's no way unless you... you I don't even know if there's is technology available yet to determine the percentage of each of the two species that it mixes with to uh, to become Lutz. So, you know, is it 90-10? Is it 80-20, oh, 70-30? And, you know, but what I have to say also is Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, <laughs> because it's it's... I was going to ask you if you think he can tell the difference. <laughs> yes, I believe Robert Getzel can tell the difference between the two. Could you think Robert Getzel could paint a Lutz spruce top, and would you mistake it for a Robert Getzel painting of Sitka spruce? But I'm trying to hone my, my craft here and not, not be that guy, you know. Too late. <laughs> yes, Robert Getzel can do all things. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> All right, so I was disappointed, uh, Michael, that I wasn't going to get a chance to play the jo new John Mayer guitars because the only ones that are completed at the time of this recording were John's personal guitars that I think are actually being shipped to him today. So, yes. so I am curious about... Um, I, well, we're all curious about him. Can you... This will be on the air after the press release comes out next week. So... 
Can you, you know, can you tell us a little bit about the John Mayer models? So being in my position, I, I'm at the very, very beginning of everything. So once material hits the floor, it's let's jump on to the next project. And sometimes when we're designing, we're designing two, three years in advance. So I can tell you that, yes, two new John Mayer models are coming out. Um, And other than that, like you said, only Johns have been made. uh, So I haven't heard them. I honestly, at this point, I don't even know if uh, half of the people who are involved in the entire planning have even seen them yet. Um, So maybe next podcast we can talk more but for right now i'm i'm i would have to do some research to answer any questions okay well i I, that's fair enough we just had to ask yeah i just have to be patient all right cool thank you put the knife down now put the knife down Well, Michael, I I, uh, I think this is going to be an easier question than that last one. I know we've asked you so many questions so far, and you've been such a great guest, so much so that uh, last time you were on the air with us, we joked about let's bring him on more than once or twice, and we'll call it the quarterly report. Shame on us, because I know we waited way longer than one quarter to have you come back again. But in the time since your absence, there's been a new program, a uh, new development, so to speak, on Martins & More. Would you like to play a game with us that we like to call 20 Questions? If the answer is Robert Getzel, then yes. <laughs> it, it could be. Yeah, the it 20 questions be. is a game where, where we take turns, but I'll turn it over to uh, the smart guy, and I, the wise guy, will sit this one out. But he's going to think up of a Martin guitar that is in production currently, and you have 20 questions to try to figure out what Martin guitar that's currently in production he's thinking of including up to three guesses of what model that might be. Okay. Is that a yes? Yeah, that is a yes. So it's a model currently in production. And when you say in production, your version of the term in production means it's still on our price list. If somebody looked, yeah, if somebody looked it up in the catalog, it's, I mean, up in the website, it's, in, it's showing on the, yes, on the website. Let's put 20 questions on the clock and go. Is it a dreadnought? No. That's one question. Is it a triple O slash OM? No. That's two questions. Is it an O or smaller? No. Is it a double O? No. Wow, four questions. I'm going to have to play this in my own mind here. <laughs> Is it a GP? No. That's narrowing it down. That's five questions. Are the backs and sides rosewood? Yes. Six questions and a yes. Is the top Sitka and or a variant of Sitka? Yes. Is that Robert Getzel calling you? 
<laughs> no, it is not Robert Getzel calling me. Is it a a body shape that's been introduced in the last five years? No. It's a good question, though. That's nine questions. Any chance it has 12 strings on it? No. What? <laughs> I thought I knew what it was. You're not playing. I know. Wow, that's 10 questions. Is it a ukulele? No. Is it a custom shop? No. Okay. Does it have less than six strings? No. All right. So then the next question is going to be, is it a double O? No. Ah! (laughs) Okay, how many questions is that now? Maybe 14. Oh, 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 boy. See, this is the first time he's played. There's an early question that we ask sometimes that helps narrow things down dramatically, but he didn't ask it. So, um... Okay, are you going to stop there? You can't stop there. Okay, well, no. I mean, it sounded like I was getting a hint, but I guess not. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no, I was just realizing, because I'm doing this too, Mike, because I I thought for sure it was going to be the uh, Grand J 16 12 string, and it's not. So I'm um, in the dark with you, so... All right, I'm going to start just blowing through questions now. Is it an S body shape? No. We'll say that's 16 questions. Is it a junior body shape? No, now you're making me wonder if this model has been discontinued and you're the only one who knows that. Uh. (laughs) Uh. I'm pretty sure I went through every single body shape. Uh-uh. Um, except for the one you're thinking of. Okay. Um, oh, I, I, I'm going to blow the name so nobody write in and say I said it wrong. Is it a major Kielakai? It is not the Kielaki. Kielaki? Wow. Okay. You have one more guess by my I counting, I think. Maybe two. One more. You probably only want one more. Yeah, now I'm, I'm starting to get a, a headache. All right, so I have one more question, and then I get to guess. Yes, that's how we'll play it. Okay. That's how we do it. Okay. All right. <gasps> I know what it is, I think. <laughs> All right. Does it have sloped shoulders? No. All right, then you have me completely baffled. Um... I'm going to then, my official guess is it's a backpacker. That's a really great guess, but I'll let you phone a friend one time, and the only friend you can phone is on this podcast with us. Spoon, do you want to tell him? <laughs> okay, here's my guess. Because I my, my headset actually went out a little bit, so I missed a little bit of this. Is this the BC-16E bass? <laughs> no! Oh, you're kidding. Well, that's an M size, and I don't think he had, he mentioned that. So I assume it's got to be that. No. I, I did ask if it had four strings. Though. Oh, oh, so. I missed that. I, yeah, I missed yeah. that. Okay. Uh, my, I, my, 
All right, well, what's the big reveal? Maury, tell him what he didn't win. Ladies and gentlemen, this instrument is the Martin J40. The J40, J40 Indian Rosewood and the spruce top with pearl rosette and uh, the last of the great jumbos that has stayed in the Martin line all this time, which you can also get in the unusual black finish. The J40 stumped none other than the wow. Jasus Michael Dickinson. Wow. Good job. Wow. You didn't ask yeah. about the M or the J, and I thought when you got through the double O, triple O, OM, I thought that was going to be one of your fourth or fifth uh, questions. And, I, and, and, you're, and I'll just say in your defense, when we first started this, Mari fell in the same trap of going through the body sizes, which wastes an awful lot of questions. <laughs> but, the, but the one we've learned to do pretty often is almost always we'll, we'll either open with, is it a dreadnought or is it made in Nazareth? Because all the Navajoa stuff's available to guess too. So oh, I thought maybe he yes. was down in Navajoa coming up with some real obs obscure one. And then I thought of that bass and I thought, I wonder if it's the bass, but I, I missed your four string question. Well, 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 an another time, another time. Another time. Michael, as a parting gift, and this comes from a place of love, I really do mean to try this. Next time we have you on the podcast, we'll let you ask Robert Getzel to play this game. <laughs> and he has to Okay, we can do the Robert Getzel. Robert Getzel has to guess which guitar you're thinking about. That's only fair. I think it is only fair if Robert Getzel has to guess the Robert Getzel <laughs> guitars. So. And as a side question, are you a little surprised I didn't choose the Biosphere? The other night in preparation for this, I went on to your YouTube channel and just started like watching old videos uh, and new videos and everything because I figured he's going to ask me questions and it's going to be about guitars he has in his shop and he's been playing online. So I should probably know Aww. what he has there. So I've like, so my mind is going through, it's that OMJM lookalike. Ah. That's going to be the guitar, <laughs> but... Then it wasn't, um, you said, yes, it had a Sitka spruce top. And at that point, my main guess, I was like, wait, no, there was just a 16 series, a D, what did you do, a DC-13E or something like that? Or Yeah, we did a 13 and the 12 the other day, too. Wow, you've, you've actually prepared for yeah. this. I'm impressed. Yes, I, I, did, I did prepare. Mari's not allowed to do his customs because that's too hard for me to guess. So it's got to be something in yeah. the catalog. <laughs> But hey, a couple weeks ago, Spoon picked the bass, and I got so mad. Well, Michael, I don't want you to think that the only reason we got you on camera today was to talk about the 20 questions, but I'm going to let Spoon think of a guitar next time because mine did not work out so well. But if you think that was tricky and troublesome, you got to wheel back and see some past episodes where he completely nailed me to the wall, and he was not as polite as we were today. But I, I just had so much fun talking with you again. I know I can speak for Spoon when I say all of our listeners feel the same way. Michael Dickinson will go down in history as one of the best guests on Martins and More. Of course, Robert Getzel is also a good friend of ours, but I've got a place in my heart for you that nobody can uh, replace. So I want to thank you for spending your time with us today. I want to thank everybody who listened to please consider sending us an email to support at mariesmusic.com if this program has given you the idea and now you might have a question 
you'd like us to ask Michael after the fact, let us know in an email and we'll certainly try to get some answers for you. If not before the next time we get Michael on camera, definitely for the next episode of Martins and More that does feature Mike Dickinson and the quarterly report. Spoon, do you have any parting words? Uh, I just, uh, again, I'd like to thank Mike as well. It was great seeing you at Martin Fest for as little as I got a chance to do. And, and hopefully I'll be getting to Pennsylvania more regularly now that the world's getting back to normal. So, so thanks uh, for being on here and thanks for uh, setting me straight on the old uh, uh, issue with Ebony and, and the uh, finish on the top. So now the, the mystery solved that it was actually something about the Macassar Ebony that had nothing to do with the dyed fingerboard. So I'm glad to know that. So thanks very much. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Well, you're very welcome. And of course, my parting words have, I have no choice but to say Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel, Robert Getzel. And it was my pleasure, Robert Getzeling. Um, and may you both have a very wonderful Robert Getzel. I would have thought this podcast would be so profitable for the guest. Yeah. And, and once again, thank you very much for having me. Um, I look forward to the next time. Maybe by that time I will have seen and or played the John Mayers. And if not, I will have played the new Robert Getzel. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Michael. We're certainly looking forward to that. From all of us at Maury's Music, Robert Getzel. <laughs> Hear you later. Robert Getzel. <laughs> This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. <laughs>